get ready for Shuckapalooza. The star of television and Broadway, John Shuck. Hello there, John. Good to see you. The viral John Shuck. John Shuck. John Shuck. The powerful John Shuck. John Shuck. The star of Holmes and Yo-Yo and McMillan, John Shuck. The charming John Shuck. Oh, Shuck. <laughs> Starfleet regulations, that's outrageous. Episode 271, submission 196, Turnabout. Turnabout aired on NBC from January 26th of 1979 to March 30th of 1979 for seven episodes. Once upon a time, in a very nice city, in a very nice house, there lived a very nice man and a very nice woman. They were married to each other and they loved each other very much. They not only loved each other, they also liked each other. How about that? But they had a problem. Even though they loved each other and liked each other and had good jobs, they sometimes were not very happy. They envied each other. They each thought the other one had a more interesting life and they wished they could change places with each other. And they said that. Unfortunately, they said it in front of a statue that had a magic spell. And lo and behold, his spirit and personality went into her body and hers went into his. And that's the way they are today. Will they live happier ever after? Well, let's see. So Greg, we're gonna talk about another series from 1979 on NBC, smack dab in the era of Fred Silverman, and uh, all the damage he did to NBC. I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. Uh, what have we talked about? We've talked about, obviously, Super Train. Super Train. We've talked about Hello, yeah. Larry. Hello, Larry. SNL 8081, was that his doing? Yeah, because remember with Al Franken, Limo for the Limo? Right. That's why I added that. Yeah. Needless to say, we've talked about the Fred Silverman era at NBC more than uh, enough around here. But we're going to talk about it again. Well, we're going to talk about another sitcom from that era. And this one was actually based on a novel by Thorne Smith. It was written in 1931, and it actually became a movie in 1940 by the same name. We're talking about Turnabout. What Turnabout was about was a husband and wife who swapped bodies after getting a tiki statue. Yeah, you know what I mean by that. Yes. Kind of like, and I'm actually going to do a visual for Greg, kind of like this, except this one isn't cursed. This is a brown statue of sorts. The only curse this gave us was Baker Mayfield. Oh, zing! Too soon? Well... Deshaun Watson's your problem now, so. Better him than Zach Wilson. No, 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 no. Better him than having to worry about Zach Wilson's mother. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anyhow, so what this show is about, as I said, was a husband and wife. Uh, we had Sam Alston, who, who was a sports writer, 
played by the one and only John Shuck, the reason we're here this week, and his wife Penny, who is a cosmetics executive, was played by Sharon Gless. And really, they envied each other's life. Penny wanted to be a sports writer, and Sam wanted to be an executive like his wife. And then one day, Penny got this statue, this tiki statue from a gypsy, and it turned out to have magical powers that granted wishes. The next morning, they discovered they switched bodies. Hilarity ensues. Obviously. Hilarity obviously ensues. Once they realize they can't reverse this or the the curse isn't going to wear off, they just try to adjust to life with Sam living like a woman and Penny living like a man. Further hilarity ensues. Oh, God. Well, this is one of those that they can get away with in 1979. It's not something that they could probably get away with nowadays. We mentioned John Shuck and Sharon Gless as the two main characters. Going through the cast, we have some names here among the uh, the recurring cast members. One is actually a name that we just talked about earlier this week. Playing Al Brennan is Bruce Kirby. And we mentioned him in uh, Holmes and Yo-Yo. He was the police, what would you say? The, the, the sergeant? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He, he was one of Holmes and Yo-Yo's higher-ups at the police uh, department. Yes. So we're not going to get into his big stuff again because we just talked about it two episodes ago. Playing Jeffrey St. James in this series is James Seeking. Do we need to say what he's been on? Hill Street Blues? Uh, yeah, Hill Street Blues, yeah. Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser. Oh, <laughs> remember, considering we always talk about John Shuck in Star Trek Four, I mentioned in past episodes that James P. Seeking was the captain of the Excelsior in Star Trek Three. <laughs> and by the way... Another Star Trek reference. And by the way, we do know John Larroquette was in Star Trek Three as Maltz. And remember... He didn't deserve to live. You, help us or die. I do not deserve to live. Fine, I'll kill you later. And in the series, Jack Overmeyer is played by Richard Stahl. Richard Stahl, he was on It's a Living. He played Howard Miller. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I think he was one of the bosses. Obviously, he wasn't uh, one of the waitresses, the servers. And obviously, he wasn't the piano player because the piano player was Paul Kreppel. Yes. So I'm going to assume he was like the owner or the boss or something like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's a fair uh, estimation. And playing Judy Overmeyer, Jack's wife, I'm going to guess this is either friends of the Alstons or maybe neighbors, because you know how neighbors can be sometimes, is Bobby Jordan. Bobby Jordan has a couple of credits to her name no longer with us, passed away almost 10 years ago in 2012. But she was on uh, quite a number of shows going as far back as 1966 up until 1993. So with that out of the way, let's just jump into these episodes. Again, not a lot of information is known about uh, this show. I I don't think there's a whole heck of a lot of video out there. Obviously, it lasted seven episodes. So bear with us. So episode one is just called Turnabout, the pilot episode, just called Turnabout. 
A cursed gypsy statue causes Sam and Penny's spirits to take flight and exchange bodies after they made an idle wish, each believing that the other has the better life. Now Sam is his wife and Penny is her husband. I wonder if Susan has anything to say about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Thank you, Susan. Oh, hold on a second. Did we mention who did the opening narration for that part at the beginning? No, I don't even know who did that. It's Sterling Holloway. Do you know what Sterling Holloway's best known as? I do not. He was the voice of Winnie the Pooh. You're kidding. Oh, my gosh. That's the voice of Winnie the Pooh. That's great. Yes. As soon as you hear the narration, you know, that's Winnie the Pooh. I have no reaction. I think that's absolutely hilarious, but also great. That's superb. Oh, and we we didn't even mention what Sharon Gless has been in. I I think we all know some little show called Cagney and Lacey. But after the first season. Because she wasn't in the first right, season. Right, right, right. Well, remember, didn't Sharon Gless have, like, this ridiculous, like, contract for, like, Universal? Like, she was, I think, one of the last, maybe she might have been the last contracted player in Hollywood history, I think. Yeah, Sharon Gless had to be let out of her contract with Universal to star as Christine Cagney on Cagney and Lacey. So. Wow. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, she was the last contracted player by a studio at that time. So, And also, where else uh, you would know Sharon Gliss from? Burn Notice. She was on Queer as Folk. She was on Switch back in the 70s. So, yeah, she's a legend in every sense of the word. Still active. And, of course, John Chuck, he's the reason we're here. And one fact, I don't know if you know this, Greg, you know that John Shuck was the first person to ever use an F-bomb in a major motion picture. What? This is the truth. He mentioned that he used the first ever F-bomb in a major film in MASH back in 1970. Oh, yeah. MASH. And if you haven't heard that episode of uh, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, go back and listen to it. It's not that old. I would say it was around beginning of the year, maybe a little bit earlier. Great episode. Great retrospective on uh, John Shuck's career. One of the writers in this pilot, Greg? Yeah. You're not going to believe this. Stephen Bochco. Oh, my God. Yes, that's Stephen Bochco. You mean the same Stephen Bochco who did Blind Justice? Yes, that one. We had to mention Blind Justice, didn't we? Clearly, I was a little sleepy when we recorded this episode. Stephen Bochco developed Turnabout for television, along with Michael Rhodes. But also, uh, throwing out actually a couple other names, directing this uh, pilot episode was Richard Crenna. Oh, yeah. His name in TV and movies. Yeah. Yeah, he was in First Blood. He was uh, yeah. Rambo's uh, general guy in Vietnam, I think. Yeah, that's the one. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over! And actually, also, the person who actually sold Penny the statue, the gypsy, we've talked about her plenty of times. Dina Dietrich. 
Oh. What have we mentioned that she was on? I think she was on the Ghostbusters. I think she was the, uh, one of the people that hired Chris Elliott as an escort on. <laughs> I can't believe I'm, uh, I'm saying this. But yeah, she hired Chris Elliott as an escort on an episode of Get a Life. Oh, God. The, the, the one that had the Benny Hill ending after another uh, older lady tried using him as an escort. That was a great episode. But also, again, where we may remember her from is Safan Margarine commercials back in the 70s as Mother Nature. You don't mess with Mother Nature. All right, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to get to the first proper episode that's not the pilot. So episode two in this case, Penny's Old Boyfriend. Penny's Old Boyfriend shows up with a job offer that Penny hopes Sam won't refuse Now that he has literally spoken for her, Sam suspects the ex-boyfriend is more interested in Penny than in business, and he's in a perfect position to find out. Because, you know, he's the woman and he can, you know, flirt with him and whatnot, or I don't know. This this is a friggin' train wreck. I'm sorry. mm. Episode three is titled, We're a Little Late, Folks, and... I'm just apologizing in advance because they're not running late to go to some engagement or work. It's another type of late, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. Just as Sam and Penny are getting used to being in each other's bodies, a look at the calendar reveals Penny is late. Uh Uh-oh. 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 Yeah. Panic ensues as the two worry about to navigate a pregnancy. Good heavens! No! 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 no. I'm dead after the third episode. They, they tr- to worry about to navigate a pregnancy. No! Oh my gosh! Darth Vader, this, this what? Is horrible. Darth Vader, what do you have to say about this? No! I agree, Darth. This is horrible. Oh, my God. Well, we do have two names in this episode. There's a little bit of a a palate cleanser here. One of them, uh, character name isn't even given, but we know who she is. Joyce Boulefont. Oh, yeah, Joyce Boulefont. Oh, she she is legend. Of course, we're talking about Marie Slaughter on Mary Tyler Moore show panelist on so many game shows match game and chain reaction a lot of uh password games in the 70s and early 80s password plus absolutely not to be confused with the canadian equivalent password a oh no we did that joke last week no no, no. i i know i'm not calling alan this week okay thank you well that's a shame greg but also playing the doctor that uh Oh my gosh, I, I can't even say you know what the doctor may have done in this episode. Is Florence Halep? You know that? who Florence Halep is? No, who's that? You don't know? She was one of the bailiffs on Night Court. Oh, she was okay. The second bailiff. She was the after, second after. after yeah, yeah she was after Selma Diamond. Okay, yeah, she, after Selma Diamond before Marshall uh, Warfield. So she was the second bailiff who died. She was the second bailiff who died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had Selma Diamond for the first two seasons, I think, and then the third season was Florence Halep, and then 
Seasons four and on was Marsha Warfield. Okay, I'm crossing my fingers. Episode four is a little more tasteful than episode three. Cry me a touchdown. Oh my gosh. No, it's not worse. It's just some of the wording in the, the capsule is. I, I've got to forge on with this. Sam and Penny prepare for a charity football game, taking well into account their own double reverse. I'm sorry. I, that's what the capsule says. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A double reverse? What does that mean? Hmm. I, I have no idea. Oh, my gosh. This is so horrible. We might as well have added hilarity in suits. Something like that. I'm afraid to look at the rest of the episodes. <laughs> This might be the show that breaks me. Is this gonna be? Is this gonna break you worse than zippers? Zippers didn't break me. This is just. Oh my gosh, Chico! You but don't know what you're you, missing. Yeah, Chico, you don't know what you're missing. Let me give you a, a, a better written, more thorough capsule that doesn't use the term double reverse. Penny Alston in Sam's body through magic has to quarterback the sports writers team in the annual game against the sports casters. And Sam must head the cheer. Good heavens. That's no! not Sam must head the cheerleaders. No, um, no, no. Oh my gosh. This has gone from bad to worse. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, this, is, this, this is one of the most painful shows no. we've ever reviewed. Thank heavens there's, like, no video of this. In the football game, we actually have a name playing the announcer. Oh? Lynn Shackelford. Oh. Yeah, you know who that is. Kinda. Lynn Shackelford, he played in the ABA for the Miami Floridians for a year, but he has been a broadcaster for ESPN, CBS, and NBC Plus, also, he worked on possible future entry. Almost anything goes. Okay. Well, it's a name. I, I've heard of him as a an announcer, and I, and I think I've uh, heard of him from almost anything goes since there's like a partial episode out there. So, yeah, d- definitely a known entity, as we would say around here. And also, it's very interesting watching some of the TV shows. Uh, that were used in the open for this week of episodes. You had Pastured Plus and you had Few and yet other shows from like 79. Yeah, don't hear any of them mentioning Turnabout. Gee, I wonder why. Gee, I wonder why they never mentioned Turnabout. Probably because the show sucked. Oh, man. I Sharon Guest was probably wondering, when does my contract with Universal run out so I can do Cagney and Lacey? <laughs> oh my gosh all right well let's let, let's try and forge on three more episodes and then we can put this baby to rest uh episode five is called till dad do us part oh let's try to get through this maybe it's okay when penny's sister announces that she is to be married Penny realizes she must face her family for the first time since switching bodies with Sam. 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I agree. I agree, Susan and Greg. Oh, my gosh. This is just... Oh, my gosh. I'm just... Oh. Mm. I'm going to need a drink after this. Okay. Oh, Greg, episode five. We have not one name. We have two names. Oh? Oh, yeah. Listen to this. Playing Valerie in this episode is Annie Bloom. Not necessarily in the news. Oh, okay. Not necessarily. Parker Lewis's mom? Parker oh, Lewis's mom? Oh, yeah. Parker, that means that she was the on-screen wife of Timothy Stack. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. She played Valerie in this episode, and she's really not even the, the, the biggest name. Listen to this one. Playing Rick in this episode? Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah. Rick Springfield. How was Rick Springfield doing that? Well, this was obviously before General Hospital. Oh, yeah. This is before General Hospital. So this is like early Rick Springfield. Yeah, this is early Rick Springfield before he uh, did music, before he did uh, did Jesse's Girl. Well, he was doing music at this time, but it was before Jesse's Girl and General Hospital put him in the stratosphere. Right, yeah, yeah. This is before Jesse's girl. Moving on to episode six. Episode six is oh my gosh, it's not class reunion, it's crass reunion. C R A S S reunion. Mm. <sighs> Gonna have to say a prayer here. Sam and Penny return to his alma mater where he is to get an honorary degree, and at a reception, Sam meets Glenda who claims to be his wife. What? I'm just reading the capsules. Yeah. This is very, very, very weird. Uh, We do have two names in this episode. Playing a classmate in this episode, as far as I can tell, this is not the Glenda I mentioned, because it does not credit her as Glenda, credits her as classmate, is Candace Azara. I think Candy Azar is a name. Played Angie Spadaro in Caroline in the City. Yeah, not, not a big name. Uh, still a name nonetheless. Oh, here's where I remember her. She was on six episodes in season three of Soap. That's where I remember that name. Okay. Always goes back to Soap, it seems. Not like that's a bad thing. But we do have a bigger name in this episode. Okay. Playing Piggy. That's his name, Piggy. Piggy. Is Ronnie Shell. Ronnie Shell. Yeah, you know who Ronnie Shell is, don't you? Sort of. He played Duke Slater on uh, Gomer Pyle. Okay. That's where you'd best know him from, yeah. All right. But no, he's been in many, many things over the years. And also, he's done a ton of cartoon voices. All right. Last episode, and then we can erase this from our memory forever, hopefully. Another episode written by Stephen Bochco. Statutory theft. I don't even like the sound of that because the word that usually goes after statutory. This is just like total, complete cringe. Desperate to return to their normal lives, Sam and Penny search for the statue responsible for their changing identities, only to learn that it has been stolen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And that's the series. I mean, we have no closure there. 
the statue is stolen. If it's stolen, then the, the spell doesn't reverse back to normal. I guess. I don't, I don't get this. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a dog of a show. You can see it why it lasted seven episodes. <sighs> Mercy. And I don't even think I need to talk about the ratings. Do you want me to talk about the ratings? Okay, talk about the ratings. Yeah, let's talk about the ratings. So looking at the ratings, I think we know where this is going. This is going to be a dog. But specifically, how big of a dog? For week two, for its second week, so we're talking uh, the, the February 2nd episode, there were 55 shows that week. It ended up tied for 51st. Okay. And, oh my gosh, the shows that finished below Turnabout are primarily NBC shows. You had Hello, Larry, an NBC movie, and Sweepstakes. Sweepstakes? Sweepstakes, yes. I believe that was a Miller... Milka's Boyette joint. I think you're right because that was like a an anthology type of show about lottery winners, I believe. Not to be confused with the show Lottery that aired later. And, and not to be confused with Celebrity Sweepstakes, which is a lot better TV show. But yeah, I think Sweepstakes, if I remember, that had like Ed Burns as like the, the lottery number drawing host. Okay, Sweepstakes was a Miller Milkus joint. It wasn't a Miller Milkus Boyette. I don't think Robert Boyette had joined the company yet. So, no, I think it's a little early for that. Uh, a couple of years later, sometime in the early uh, to mid 80s. Yeah, because I know Robert Boyette joins by the time Bosom Buddies airs. But yeah, I mean, if you look at this, Turnabout aired on Friday nights. And even without the schedule in front of me, I think I know what was on before it, and I think I know what was on after it. Before it, I believe, was Hello, Larry, and after it was Sweepstakes. Oh, that's terrific. NBC was a total show back in uh, in 1979, especially on Friday nights. Literally, like, three of the four worst-rated shows on television. And, oh, look at this. I'm right. Nine o'clock, turnabout, 9.30, hello, Larry, 10 o'clock, sweepstakes. And then you go before that, 8.30 is Brothers and Sisters. We talked about that last year. Brothers and Sisters featuring Chris Lemon and Zipper. Yeah, that one. And the wacky thing is the night started off with different strokes. It just went way downhill from there. Different strokes. And then, oh, look at this. Brothers and Sisters, turnabout, hello, Larry, sweepstakes. It just oh peaked at Gary Coleman, and then it's like, now nah, let's see what else is on after Gary. Well, it didn't help that, uh, at least early on, well, there's not much besides early on when you're on for seven weeks. At 9 o'clock on uh, CBS was Dukes of Hazard. There's another show that got killed by the Dukes of Hazard before it moved to 8 o'clock. So, yeah, you, you can't beat Wonder Woman and Dukes of Hazard and Dallas on CBS on Friday nights. Nope. No. No. Just absolutely not. 
And that's after two episodes. Uh, it was tied for 51st. I don't even think I need to mention what happened in later weeks. Looking at the ratings, did it eventually get better? He says while trying to hold in his laughter. No, it didn't get any better. Uh, for week three, there were 62 TV shows, and it came in a little bit better, 54th. 54th ahead of Rockford Files. So maybe something good there. It beat Rockford Files. But again, what's it ahead of? Hello, Larry. Making it. Sweepstakes. You just can't win. And then a week later, week four, and this is the last week I have ratings for, out of 64 shows, where do you think it finished? No idea. 64th. Oh. 62nd. Oh. Behind Little Women and, wait for it, Sweepstakes. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I mean, it just got murdered by Dallas. I mean, it's so sad, pathetic and sad and and hilarious how bad NBC was back in 1979. Sweepstakes is like the worst thing ever. I feel sort of bad for Ed Cookie Burns. From the outset, even like 43 years ago, this premise is beyond ridiculous. And maybe even a little sexist, if you think about it. Yes. And, and especially, you know, touching on some stuff that really shouldn't be touched on. And especially on the episode called We're a Little Late, Folks. And again, you, you know, you know what the joke is. You know, you're not being late for going to a job or something. It's about periods. Yes, we know. I don't know if everybody who's listening to this has taken a sex ed class. Anyhow. Well, that is true, especially these days. Yes, especially these days. But just, oh my gosh, this is, like I said, it it just ended up being like a blip, a, a footnote in history. And after just explaining half the episodes, you can sort of understand why. This is something that only NBC could put on the air in 1979. Every other network would be like, no, pass. No, we're done. But NBC, desperate for, but NBC, because they're desperate. They need something to fill the, the void. Yeah, we'll take a chance on you. Seven weeks later. Whoops. Oops. Yeah. Oh. Let us never talk about this again. Chico, you're the lucky one this episode. You really are. I'm sorry. Right now, Chico's trapped in the multiverse of madness, trying to help Bruce Campbell stop punching himself. Again, he's the lucky one. We actually had to talk about this mess. Oh, and thank heavens we're done now. With all due respect to John Shuck, suck up loose is over. I- I'm just declaring it right now. After this, we're not talking about... Well, not necessarily John Shuck. We'll talk about John Shuck. He's a great actor. He's a great person. We all love John Shuck. We're not going to talk... We're not, this is going to go in the files with like Mr. Bogus and Blind Justice. This is one of those that we're not going to touch again if we don't have to. This is one of the worst shows we've ever covered. And we were saying that 
even though there's very little video, thank heavens. This is just an abysmal train wreck. This has to go down as one of the worst shows we've ever covered. We can put it with Blind Justice. We can put it with Mr. Bogus. There's got to be another show that we thought was terrible, like... Carter Country? Carter Country, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Well, what, that, that, what, that was just very racist, but yeah. When we put it, the powers of Matthew's story, could we count that as one of the worst? Even though it did have... Uh, I, think that was, I think that was just my opinion because I was heavily sedated on antibiotics oh, when I saw it. Yeah, it's true. And it did have Lou Gossett Jr., so we can't really... Yeah. It, it, it by no means is it as bad as this. No. Th- this is abysmal. No. Oh, boy. Well, Greg, I'm going to do this against my better judgment. We're going to do eBay Price is Right. You're going to do it. No, you know what? We're not going to do a clock game stop. Oh, we're no, we're just going to make it like one right price style, except I'm going to give you three prices. Oh, okay. All right. So what you're not necessarily bidding on, but playing within this uh, installment is two TV ads, one for brothers and sisters. Okay. One for turnabout. And it looks like they are separate ads, but they may have, they may have been from the same TV guide or something like that, uh, the same station. Uh, it's the new NBC, Brothers and Sisters. Oh, the series premiere. Toke, Checo, and Zipper are brothers of Pine New, an outcast fraternity with no tradition, no bread, and an unquenchable lust for the sisters of Gamma Delta Iota. Tonight, Zipper's got the date of his dreams, but he doesn't know he's got the college president's daughter. Uh-oh. 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 Zipper, what are you doing? Oh, darn it, Zipper. He's got her out too late, and he's got her slightly drunk. Double uh-oh. 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 You know what make oh, it even gosh. more worse? If she accidentally took her to Zipper's and they saw Auto Man at the strip club. <laughs> Oh, the college president's going to have his head on a platter. Oh, but hey, that isn't even the turnabout ad. That's the reason we're here. So it says, it's again, it's the new NBC turnabout. You have, I got to say this with a straight face. Oh, my gosh. You've got John Shuck saying, Sam, I may look like a man, but in my head, I'm all woman. And wait, 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 wait. And, and sharing glass. Penny, as long as we've been together, I've never even touched another woman. <laughs> I wish the, the show was as funny as the ads. Okay. Whoever so wrote the ad says, copy should have written for the entire show because that was funny. Oh, and I should also add that John Shuck is holding a mirror up when he says this? One of those hand mirrors? 
Oh my gosh. And, and actually Sharon Glist as Penny, she has this big cigar in her mouth. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what it says here, Penny Alston is a cosmetics designer. Sam Alston is a sports writer. Then a magical spell lets them change places. Now Sam occupies Penny's body and Penny occupies Sam's. Oh my gosh. So again, we're going to do this one right price style, but I'm going to give you three prices, okay? All right, so the three prices are $4.99, $7.50, and $35. Okay, let me say that again. Okay. $4.99, $7.50, $35. Okay? $4.99, $7.50, $35. One of those is the right price. I'm going to go $35. Because it's either going to be too low or too high, and that's the only price that's too high. Well, you're wrong on both counts. Oh. You should have gone in the middle. Seven fifty. Oh. Seven fifty. If you want this advertisement, and darn it, if I saw this earlier, I would use this as my Zoom background for this episode. I'm sorry. Just the the, the picture of John Chuck holding the mirror. I think I need to share this with you. Okay. I think I legitimately need to share this with you. Okay. okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Sharon Glass, can you say, hey, I'm smoking a cigar. I'm Sharon Glass. I'm in. Hey. I'm surprised Sharon Glass didn't ask for the mink man. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally smoking a cigar like a normal guy. I'm going to be on Tag Team Lacey in another two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's all I'm saying about this episode. Uh, this, even without video, is one of the most ridiculous things on TV we've ever talked about. I apologize. I wish there was more information. I wish Chica was here to share in our pain, but he's the lucky one, apparently. Well, you sat at the <sighs> Munsters today, so... Well, at least that ran for like four seasons. No, it ran for three seasons, Mike. Close, but no Sharon Glass cigar. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Plus, also, I sort of enjoyed John Shuck as Herman Munster. That's true. Well, he wasn't Fred Gwynn, but who is Fred Gwynn? Seriously, who can be Fred Gwynn? No. Only he does, he, only he does like the perfect Herman Munster. One more quick thing before we get out of here. Did you know that four of these episodes were actually turned into a movie, a TV movie, called The Magic Statue in 1981? Like, people really want to see this piece of dreck two years later in a reconstituted TV movie format? I'm done. I'm broken. All right. Now that we got through that. Please remember, we're on all social media sites at It Was a Thing on TV, except for Facebook, because apparently one of us picked up a, a tiki idol and Mark Zuckerberg forced us to call that It Was a Thing on TV podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did a call back to this stupid episode. But don't forget, we're also on YouTube where, hey, don't forget, hit the notification bell 
Sorry, an evil curse swapped our notification bell sound effect with that of a roaring tiger. Oops! To stay up to date with uh, all our uploads and and, uh, recent entries, and that includes next week. Oh, Oh, next next week. Next week. Oh, well, it's time to play my money in the bank. And we're going to be talking about the famous Teddy Z. Oh, that was a great show. It was. I, a I great think that show. was a decent show. Now, yeah, and, and it had uh, young John Cryer. That's right, so. John Cryer, fresh off Pretty in Pink and Super Pan Four, and Alex Rocco. But also next week. Oh, hey, we've been talking about NBC in 1979. How nice is this? We're going to talk about another show that but- was on NBC in the. Late 70s, early 80s, in, in the Fred Silverman era. But this is going to be sweet. It's a lovable show. Absolutely. This is not Hello, Larry. This is not Brothers and Sisters. This, this is, is a not sh- Super Train. This is a lovable show. This is a show that's going to make you smile. And we actually referred to it last week, sort of indirectly. We didn't talk about this show per se, but we talked about this show, again, indirectly. And if you love Benji... From back in the 70s and the 80s, this is the show for you. This is basically NBC's answer to Benji. But then after that, three episodes, another three-episode week. We're going to talk about one of the popular advertising spokes characters of the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. And he's made a comeback recently. He did make a comeback recently, absolutely. And also, uh, this frustrates me to no end. He is the character in one of the hardest video games you'll ever play. Yes. You'll have to take my word for that if you've never played that. It's a very, 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 very challenging game. But again, hey, popular character. We got to make money somehow. Let's put him in a video game. But we'll talk about... All three of those topics next week, the famous Teddy Z, the doggy, and the unknown advertising character right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Chico, I'm sorry you couldn't be here to suffer with us. You're the lucky one. Greg, thank you for persevering. This was a tough episode, but we made it. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate your patronage uh, to our podcast. We'll catch you next week with those three episodes right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Until then, be kind to each other, and we'll see you next time. Wow! I learned something very interesting in the last few days. What's that? That that <laughs> whoosh spelled backwards is... By golly, I haven't thought of that. That's a great... Oh, how about that? Well, we'll have to use that for our end game. <laughs> that would be the game to end them all. The famous, the famous Teddy Z Monday. <laughs>